Welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode 240 on this episode. Well, we talk about the reasons why you shouldn't start a cigar podcast. Yes, I understand the irony in that. However, we've had this podcast out for five years and a lot has changed in five years time. So we're going to go over the reasons why you shouldn't, um, not in an effort to necessarily discourage, but just to kind of throw out the realities of what it takes to start a podcast, specifically a cigar podcast. So let's waste no more time. Let's get into the episode. All right, here we go. Another day, another dollar. You know, someone said that to me the other day. This. <laughs> Wait, what? Another this, day, another dollar. This guy, this guy that I work with, who remained nameless because not a fan. <laughs> he was like, he's like, well, you know, brother, another day, another dollar. And I'm like, and I literally just go, no, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's the dumbest saying ever. It's just, it's the same thing when people just, it's just like those filler sentences. When you talk to someone, you go, hey, how's it going? And like, if I ask somebody, if I just go, hey, what's up? I don't want to know. Like, I don't, I just want you to be like, hey. It's like a friendly hey. Just like, hey, what's up? But if I say, hey, how's everything going? That's me soliciting a response from you yeah. that I'm actually interested in. How's, how's it going? Mm-hmm. How is everything going? Maybe you have to just be a little bit more direct and go like. Oh. I would like you to respond on how everything is. Maybe please. it's like. Hello, but don't talk to me. Well, this guy, he's the kind of guy that if you like say, hey, how's everything going? So-and-so. Ah, living the dream. Ah, there's not a worse thing in the world you can say to someone after they're, after you've asked somebody, hey, how's everything going? So-and-so. And they just go, nah, you know what? Just living the dream. Do you know how many people are No, living- you're not living the dream because the dream... If you're saying that this is living the dream, you your dreams suck. You have no aspirations in life. I don't pretend at all when I'm working that I'm living the dream. I love what I do, but would I rather be doing something else? Of course I would. Yeah. I'm not living the dream. I may be living a dream. Not a nightmare, but not my dream. Mm-hmm. Not this thing I've always aspired to do. So I think it's weird when people go, Ah, you know what? Just living the dream. I feel that. Fuck off. No, you're not. Yeah, I think people say it just to... uh, It's filler. It's just... Just to to, to keep on moving. Because I think if people really... Just keep on going. I think if people actually were like... Like, what if you responded with, well, what dream is that? No, I just found out my wife cheated on me. (laughs) Like, and then you're like, ugh. Yeah. I was like, I don't know you that well to be your therapist. But also, I don't want that response either. Like, how's right. everything going? Dude, there's another guy that I work with. If you were asked that question, like, how's yeah. it? It's doom and gloom. Yeah. And you'll hear about it for 30 minutes. And it makes you so depressed that you just want to go, like, slit your wrists. Yeah. You just be like, I'm I am now just so much more sad in your response. And you don't even have to live it. But part of me wants to hear him because there's so much unbelievably interesting stories that people could tell that they never tell. Yeah, I think I have some of those stories. Yeah, because I would like be, I would love just to be like on a train. Yeah, and I'm sitting next to this cute little Asian woman and have have a long conversation. And with I'm having a long conversation yeah. with me, and she's telling me about that time <clears throat> when she was sitting on the toilet and a pit viper bit her in her ass. <laughs> like I just, you know, like there are interesting stories. There has to be, but interesting people people just like don't that. people don't divulge them. You know what? You know one things I I keep forgetting to fucking switch it. And this has happened to me like four times. There's a company I do business with now that uses Google Meets for everything. So when mm-hmm. they schedule meetings, they do it via Google Meets. Well, I have like four profiles that I toggle in between for Google Meets. The one that I have up, the predominant one, is the Hot Ticket oh. Podcast one. Okay. So every time I show up into a Google Meets, it says Hot Ticket Podcast. So I always get the question, what's that? And think about the amount of information that i could divulge in terms of what we do on the podcast think about the things i could say it's like talking to grandpa about the glory days he's like so what's it like grandpa and you're like well <laughs> i'll take you back <laughs> and then you start divulging all this information and the kids are like what? what the fuck yeah so so usually when someone says well what's that explain to me what that is i just go ah oh, you don't want to know 
And then I just uh, I move on. You know what you should. And then I've had people literally like, I'm going to check it out. I'm like, please don't. Please don't check it out. Please do not. You just say you're a movie critic. I, I review I movies on YouTube. Yeah, but the problem is, is they look into it. They're going to go, oh, my God. We do business with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> So I try to I try to shroud it as much as possible. But what I've come to figure out is people are pretty lazy and they really don't care. So that's worked in my favor. It's like no one, a very finite amount of people really give a shit about cigars. You know what I mean? Like there's the majority of people, even if they had interest in the fact that I do a podcast, are not really going to look into a cigar podcast. and be like, that's not for me. So yeah. I've never really worried about someone like diving too deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I think it's like, why judge? I mean, yes, sure, we can be judged by the things we do in public, but it's like equally, all of us do stuff in even our private lives that should warrant us not being judgmental of other folks, right? Like, sure, like you know, berating someone, and then I I feel like we've been on this rant for like three episodes, like talking about people and their like insecurities and like issues. In the world. Yeah, but, we've done a little bit of that. But at the same time, it's like, I, you know, I don't want to judge. I mean, you can judge me if you want, but it's like, it is what it is. But it's like, right. don't judge someone else unless you're willing to judge yourself. Because a lot of people are hypocrites. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, for sure. And it's like, all right, Jim, you want to get on me for this shit that I've said publicly? It's like, I mean, dude, you and your wife put sour cream and fucking chives and fucking bacon on you and she calls you porky the the potato skin <laughs> it's like it's like you yeah. know but i'm not gonna judge I'm not you gonna judge. yeah no it's interesting that that is actually an interesting thing as far as like the whole judgmental piece because i think i come at it from an angle sometimes where i'm like fucking judge me because i'm gonna judge you so you can say whatever the it's fuck you so want hard i just don't care dude i judge yeah. all the time think about most women no offense actually you know what i'm not even gonna say no offense because i think we have like four women that listen to our podcasts, so it doesn't mm, matter. Zero now. <laughs> Probably zero. <laughs> women are catty as fuck. So you want to talk about the ultimate judgment? Dude, just talk. To, dude, uh, I, I can't tell you how many times it's like you see somebody, like it doesn't matter if you're with a friend, a wife, a, a, you know, a spouse, a girlfriend, whatever. Some girl walks by that they don't know that's not their friend and they have a fucking comment to make. You know, it's Women a, judge everybody. Do you know what's interesting? There was a study done showing the difference between males and females when it came to aggression, right? Which mm. is a negative emotion, usually resulting in anger, right? But they, the study found that men were predominantly more likely to be aggressive physically. Right. Fighting, you know, that type of shit. Scrapping, yeah. Women were predominantly more likely to be aggressive socially. Mm-hmm socially attacking groups they're like pride of lions it's like it's like uh high school type of things where it's like becky's a slut yeah everybody look at becky she gave a blowjob behind the bleachers <laughs> you know like yeah. like they're they're quick to discredit yeah and yeah that's that's true and Be- socially blast becky jerked off the entire football team right where yeah. guys are more prone to be physically aggressive like i'm going to beat your ass for saying that shit or i'm gonna beat your ass for what you did which to me is a lot short-lived than the other one has long-term more long-term yeah yeah like that i think the social behaviors has more of a long-term thing but guys duke it out it's like once the fight's over it's over pretty much like that's it that's done pretty much the time the beef doesn't really continue unless you're in a game i've seen enough bum fight street fights where like there was beef and when they were done they were like hugging each other yeah well, if you're homeless, what else are you going to do? Yeah, that's true. Because both, both of you have to retire to your boxes, and you're, you're laying next to each other. That's true. They you're going to see them again. They do get paid, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do they ever disclose how much money they gave them for those fights? Mm, I don't think it's money. I think it's like Slim Jims. Wasn't there like a bumfights.com? I watch them. I watched them on YouTube. And you still watch them? I thought they were not a thing anymore. Can you still watch them? Oh, I, I don't know. This is several months ago, but I, I do recall. Oh, shit. I thought you were going to say like, 15 years ago no 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 but i've watched why are you watching bump a significant amount of street brawls where it's like unsanctioned fighting almost like mma why but it's unsanctioned like neighbors got beef with his neighbor yeah you know you over something and then they like duke it out to like settle their differences yeah fascinating you still don't answer my question why 
Why do I watch it? Yeah. I am fascinated by one, the nature of humanity. And two, I kind of enjoy it. Jesus Christ. It's just, I don't know. It's fascinating to me. It's fascinating watching two homeless dudes beat the shit out of each other. It's just so strange to me. But after you've watched one, haven't you really watched them all? Some, but then like some come back and they're like belt holders and they have so much pride that they're like first in their street fight gang. And I'm like, this is so odd to me. I got nothing. They have so much pride in it. It's interesting. Um, We do have some cigar news. You want to get into it? Yeah. Let's do it. But what I'm getting at, Corey, is the thing is, it's like, it doesn't make any sense why they would do that. Why would they, like, exploit that? Yeah, I don't know. Strange. Um, anyway, so here we go. Blackbird Cigar pulls out of PCA 2022, which is interesting. Um, not that this is, like, extremely huge news, but Blackbird, remember they came on the market two years ago, and they got into PCA, like, last minute. Mm-hmm. Got a booth set up. That's right, I think, when we talked to Jonas for the first time. Um, that was, it was weeks after PCA and they had just exhibited for the first time they were there last year and they pull out again. Um, the reason for that, according to this article is the fact that they just built that newly, um, it's a brand new factory. I think they've built from the ground up and have put, uh, dollars and resources in that. And then, uh, are not going to be joining PCA. Now are there other hidden reasons? Probably 32,000 square foot cigar factory in the Dominican Republic. So they are putting all their eggs in that basket. I've actually seen something similar to this before, like in the industry that I work in, where it's like, if you're going to invest dollars, where are you going to invest them? Most bang for your buck. And I think this is going to be more of a common trend around PCA, right, wrong, or indifferent. I think you're going to have people who invest in themselves as opposed to invest in a trade organization that they may not feel has their best interest. Drew Estate has done that. And I think it's worked out for them. Oh. Um, but other organizations may not have done that. But Irregardless, it doesn't matter because if they don't have the dollars to commit to PCA, they don't have the dollars to commit to the trade show space, and they're committing their dollars to a new factory, which I commend them on. Good luck, you know. I think it's I think it's cool that they're, um, you know, I don't think Blackbird has the best stuff in the industry, but they've certainly grown leaps and bounds in the past two years, and I think that's great. And hopefully, this will allow them to commit more to bringing out more cigars. Um, different types of products, utilizing different types of tobaccos. I think it's, I think it's cool. I think the big thing is, is like, I think 2020 was that like realization where they were, where they, where they came to the conclusion thinking that COVID was going to kill the industry. Like the shutdowns of, uh, of events, the shutdowns of in-person retail mingling and selling. I thought that was going to kill them. Yeah. And when they realized that they could do it without it. Dude, I mean, seriously, but that that's what happens. And you're going to have yeah. the old school people are always going to belong and be a part of PCA because either they have a long-term association with it, they believe in what the PCA stands for and what it does for the community. You're always going to have people that are kind of for like sure. bouncing in and out of that. And, you know, Blackbird didn't make a statement saying, that you know, fuck the PCA, they don't do anything for me. They're just simply allocating dollars elsewhere. It's smart business. Um, and I think we talked about this on an episode last year where we were talking about like where to, if you're a cigar manufacturer, where are you investing your dollars? And it's all about return, most bang for your buck. And I know people have certain beliefs as far as that, but and I think the statement we made is like, listen, you have to understand that a business is a business and it has to operate with um, certain business aspects in mind. The continuation of your business and where you allocate those dollars for the biggest ROI could make or break your business long-term. So if you're a Blackbird cigar and you're investing in this new factory, you're investing in all these resources and you're putting your dollars into that, into your own organization, I don't see anything wrong with that. And if you have to sacrifice not being at a trade show in order to do that, I don't think that's a bad thing. No, It's just you're making the decision to allocate at this place as opposed to this place. Mm-hmm. And some people have a difference in opinion as far as what you should be supporting in the cigar community inclusive of PCA, but it is what it is. You know, some people have dropped out and other people's uh, other organizations have joined. So 
kind of is what it is. Uh, next piece of news. This one was interesting. I um, I sent this to you the other day. Mm-hmm. LaFleur Dominicana LFD releasing NFT project for the Andalusian Bull. Now, this is the second NFT project. The first one that came out, I forget who it was. Um, I was talking to Cal about it the other day. We're bouncing back and forth, but I forget who he said it was. This is technically the second one. Now, this is their... Um, this is their idea of getting into the NFT game with a brand new Vitola and an exclusive one, which is a six and a quarter by 42 Lonsdale that utilizes the Andalusian Bull blend. So obviously one of the most popular blends in recent history, Mm -hmm. highly sought after cigar. So now they've made it into an NFT and I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of NFTs. You and I could probably talk to it. I would say more intelligently, probably than most people who are listening to this podcast, but just know this, what it's going to give them the ability to do is to essentially transactionally stamp where this cigar goes through its progression of buying over a period of time. So what I want to be clear on is that this, and Chris, you tell me if I'm right on this, this Andalusian bowl, the golden bowl NFT mm-hmm. is not meant to be smoked. This is essentially meant to be collected. Yeah. This is what this cigar is supposed to be. Because if you, the whole purpose of NFTs, non-fungible tokens, is to continue a buying pattern. Well, that's what we've seen trend-wise. That's what you see trend-wise. It doesn't have to be that. Because, Because an NFT represents a digital contract the same way you could treat it as like the um, title on your, on your car or like the title for ownership on your home, right? Things appreciate and, and depreciate depending on markets. The difference in this though, and I want to make clear because you're talking about digital transaction. Yeah. Most of what we've seen in NFTs don't have to do with something that is tangible that you can hold. No, it's digital. It's a digital. And so here's, it was Atabay announced the Black Ritos, which was a completely digital release. This is not digital. This is a tangible, this is an item you can but hold. You These can are do. cigars you can hold. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the that's the difference between the two. But at the same time, it is much like that. It's like having something worth of value. Right. Scarcity, you know, equals value. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So um, it's an interesting play. We've definitely talked about it. Yep. Um, yeah, we, it was funny because we, we just had this conversation like two weeks ago. Yeah. Like the whole idea. And we what was the last thing we left with was, when do you think we'll see the first cigar manufacturer do this? When's going to be the first one? And it's it's happened very quickly. Happened pretty quickly. Um, so Tony Gomez, uh, Lito Gomez's son, said, we realize the idea will expose a lot of people to a totally unknown world. So being able to provide safe, secure platform for bidding and purchasing that offers assurance regarding authentic, I think this is supposed to be regarding authenticity, is extremely important. The way we see it, these NFTs are just access to special cigar they are an investment that's what i mean by like this is meant to be kind of collected mm-hmm. and what tends to happen is that the value increase you hope the value increases so you can sell and then it you can sell it later to and make a for profit. more money by the way drips and drabs of that profit continue to go back to the person who releases the nft yeah if there, if that was uh, an agreed upon thing right which is like a royalty basically yeah i mean yeah i mean the, here's the sad part about the cigar Personally, I would buy it with Bitcoin or Ethereum just to smoke it. I wonder what the starting. I wonder what the starting because, price is though. Oh, oh yeah. Here we go. The so they did this at yeah Pro Cigar Festival and one was purchased for thirty two grand. Okay. Here, Holy shit! Here's the thing. I like smoking. I don't like collecting. I think it's foolish to collect cigars. I think it's fucking foolish. It's, but at the same time, if you're mu- very much a collector, the reason you wouldn't smoke it is because that's like the equivalent of you burning your house down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So. Okay, so they're coming out with seven of them, and it's going to be on the Eureka Marketplace in July. The purchasers of the seven MTs will have access to buy up to 70 of the Golden Bull, Bull per month for as long as they own the NFT. Should they choose to sell it, the rights to the cigars will transfer to the new owner, meaning that only seven people in the world will have the ability to buy the Golden Bull. They're still doing it wrong, and I'll talk to you offline. They're still doing it wrong. Oh, did you hear that, LFD? You're doing it wrong. Chris said so. 
I'll, I'll get into it later, but you'd have okay. to consult with me for lots of money if someone's paying you $32,000 for a goddamn cigar. Well, it's if that was just what was purchased at Pro Cigar Festival. Yeah, it's going to hit the marketplace, which I believe will probably be better. I don't know what, I don't know if they put in a starting price or I'm not sure how the value, I don't, I'm not sure where the value of the cigar comes from, unless it's just like a starting price that yeah LFD will dictate. Yeah, I'm curious. I'll have to look at that, that NFT. What if we bought one? What if we bought? What if we bought 10 of them? It ain't worth that price, though. That's the sad yeah, But part. they're not saying it's $32,000. That was just what it was auctioned at at the Pro Cigar Festival. I know. And not even an NFT. But you know with a limited number. Yeah, it could go for more than that. That it's it's It'll be extremely higher than a, than an MSRP price. Yeah, but what if? What if? Let's and, say we could get it. And what if it sucks? What if we could get in? You for, won't know it because matter. you'll never fucking smoke it. But what it. if we could get in for fifty grand and then three years it's worth like a million? Someone, dude, some, if Gurkha can make a million dollar cigar, s- you have no faith in this. Someone has to smoke it. Us, LFD, look at us. Dude, we'll, we'll what if someone you. bought it and no. they just had a bunch of money and they're just smoking? I think them. it's as simple as this, LFD. You're gonna have to vouch for the value of the product because there's no way in hell anybody's gonna sw- fucking smoke it. So who's going to review it to say it's even worth the fucking lick that it is for $10,000, $30,000? Someone's got to review it. You got to give a couple away. We should be those people. We should be those people. Tony Gomez, you heard it. Please just send us two samples. Chris will smoke one. I'll smoke we one. We literally have to smoke We it. could amplify the value of this based upon the result. Correct. And also, how do we know it's the original blend? If you don't smoke it, you don't know. Well, now, do you think someone will get will, an NFT of it? But do you think someone would buy ten cost. and smoke one, and then just hold on to the other nine? I think so. But when you think about it, then they have to subtract the value of that one cigar. Yeah, so they essentially lose money. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're literally. You smoke. You're smoking your money. Yeah, you're literally burning through your money. And then it's like in what, a very literal sense. But all. What about the rest of us, ninety-nine percenters? It's like, is this just for the elite? Yeah. Is this for the 1% economy? Well, that's not what the idea of NFT stands for, which I'll get into offline with Corey. I don't, we don't that's not to. the purpose of we NFTs. We don't need to talk about it, though. That's not the purpose of NFTs to represent a 1%, right? We'll go into it later. But anyways. I don't, I don't, I don't, you keep saying let's get into it later. I don't want to. Oh. I want to leave the conversation right here. Oh, you want me to say it? No, I don't want to talk about NFTs after this, but you don't have to say anything now. Oh, so you just want me to shut up? Yes. <laughs> I was trying to say it politely. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, is I don't want to talk about it later, and I also don't really care about talking about it now. <laughs> I think it's a clever idea. I don't think it's the right approach, but I haven't looked at the NFT contract but then, details. But then also, if you're LFD and you're at a bay, yeah. someone has to start it. Someone, someone has, to start. has to start it. Why not, why not one of the most prestigious cigar organizations in existence? Yeah. I just, I, I'm surprised Blackbird didn't do it. <laughs> I just, when they did that, you know, and they did the little augmented reality bird. Yeah. I'm surprised this wasn't like a second next. There's day. a better way to do it in the same net. Well, you should consult with them. I would. All right. You heard it right here. Tony Gomez, I'm going to hit you up and Chris is going to have some words with you as far as your approach on. The I think NFT it's, the, I think it's, I think it's admirable though. I think this is absolutely how people test the waters based on value of a product, but long term. What if we did that with um This is not effective. Uh knockout rival and uh comeback. Ooh. See, I don't want to do cigars. There's a reason for it. There's a better way to do it than just putting it solely on the product. There's a better way of doing it. You know, I dude, you know what's so funny about those conversations? Like there's a better way of doing it, but it don't I don't want to extract care. it from you. Just don't want just don't put it down. I st- <laughs> I want you to I want you to feel the passion and enthusiasm. Yeah. And I want you to create the energy and I want it to be on the tip of your tongue and then I want to flick your tongue and go, "No." Yeah. This is like a firework that you light, but it never explodes. <laughs> yeah. Just S- super anticlimactic. Too much moisture. <laughs> I doubt our audience right now is like, "Chris, explain." <laughs> they're probably not dude half these people dude the people are like what's a fucking NFT? <laughs> i know is this like a sports I don't, league i don't know we do actually we do have a fairly educated audience i, I think have, i think the people that would struggle with this the most are the are people older. who are, are older yeah, they're gonna I, be like what i think younger crowds will get it yeah they're like wait what do i do and how does it work and how is it transferable and blah 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 like even i don't know the intimate details i just have like a broad-based knowledge of what nfts are yeah 
Um, but you know, it's like, here's the thing. You're safe if you just go, yeah, it's like all to do with like the blockchain and, you know, digital and, you know, it's all that stuff. Then you're safe. Then you're safe. Then you know, if you just say those few things, you're already smarter than 99.9% of the people in the country around. Don't have to worry about inflation. Right. And everybody's on equal playing field for the value of their currency. Right. And you can invest. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. It is interesting. I'm 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 so curious when these actually go to auction in July, like what they're gonna go for. And obviously LFD is gonna make big news of it. But okay. it would be it would be really interesting to see if it's like if it flubs or it flies. It'll succeed. Yeah, I'm I think it will too. It'll succeed. I think it'll succeed in the initial the initial purchasing, it's, I'm curious to see what it'll do long-term. And the cool thing is, yep. is LFD can always divulge that because they're always going to see the exchange. Yes. They'll always see when it's sold. Mm-hmm. So every single time, if value goes up and it go, and it gets sold and it gets sold for a higher amount, LFT could always go back and say, hey, this, you know, these 10 Andalusian bulls, these golden, what are they called? Golden nuggets? Golden dragons? What yeah. are they called? Golden, golden something. Golden bulls? Golden bulls. Um, these golden bulls, they'll be able to say this is this is the value in the marketplace right now for these yep. subset of cigars, which yeah. is actually kind of cool. They'll never lose track of it. They'll always see it. They'll always have a ledger. Yep. So interesting. Isn't that weird? Dude, did they, but let's be real. NFT definitely sounds like a sports league though. Yeah, it does. Um, what National. Fucktards. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I did, that just came. National. Um, National League of Face Tickles. National. Uh, I don't know. Fungi toss. Um, fungi? Fungi. Who says it? Fungi. 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 fungi yeah. Who says fungi? That's some people. Um, they do look good though. They look. They, they do look good. They look like the same wrapper. I kind of like it in a Lonsdale. That looks actually more smokable. If we're being honest. Yeah. Because the other one's very overwhelming. It's like it's as very heavy as a baseball thick. bat. It's basically a deflated football. I really like the Lonsdale look. I actually like the band on it too. It looks awesome. I mean, dude, knowingly or unknowingly, the Andalusian Bowl fits perfectly with this kind of thing because it is such a highly sought after cigar and it has been fairly limited since its initial release. Yeah. Like you just can't get them everywhere all the time. They're just not sitting on Drew shelves. Drew Estate, H20, what is it? H99. H99. Oh, wait till Drew Estate gets into the NFT game. Oh, you know they're next. Oh, yeah. they're next. They'll have a whole fucking NFT line and they'll sell it with their fucking weird artwork. They're like Perfect for artwork. millennials into the acids. Yeah, what if they did an NFT acid? And they call their packages acid trips. Damn. Damn. You just gave him a I just gave you a just gave him a grand billion idea. dollar idea. <laughs> like Drew Estate needs any more money. I don't know. I think it's interesting and I'm curious to see what's gonna happen. I actually can't wait for July. Like I I'm excited to be a fly on the wall that just kind of sees what's gonna happen. And I'm really excited to talk about it after its first initial auction. I want to hear from people whether they would smoke it or not. I know. That's my biggest thing. I couldn't. There's no way. I would dude, I have six or seven Andalusian bulls right now that are only worth what I made for them and I don't smoke them. Like, because here's the, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, who has bought that million dollar, um, that million dollar Gurkha? Gurkha? Maybe. <sighs> Somebody has, but they're a real fucking asshole. <laughs> right. Right. And you're, and you're reaching, I, I feel like because of the nature of this industry with NFTs and the volatility and this idea of cryptocurrency i just i feel like there's going to be too much of a hike and emphasis on it that when it crashes people are going to be left with a they're going to go into it with a ten thousand dollar cigar and they're going to walk away with like a fifty dollar cigar yeah but at that point just smoke them well that's my point but it's like what is, what type of investment is that? here's the thing though but if you have that kind of money who gives a shit if you have enough money to pay that okay. for well, that's a bundle my, of cigars. Well, that's my point. Now we're talking about the 1%, which is not the point of NFTs and blockchaining. Dude, who are you? And uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, I know. The 1%? I know. We'll stop. We'll oh stop. Oh, my God. We'll stop. <laughs> what are you, fucking Bernie Sanders? This fucking 1% talk? No, I'm not a socialist. No. No. Well, he's a democratic socialist. Chris could have right. Uh, definitely more socialist though for being still honest alive? and also drives like he has like four Maseratis and like three houses so come on living you're, you're, he's a capitalist living it he's a capitalist we all know it um, alright we're gonna take a quick break 
we have an interesting topic coming up, mm-hmm. which is all centered around why you wouldn't want to start a cigar podcast. And the reason I am touching on this topic is because not, o- over the years, um, I've had people specifically ask, like, what do you do? I want to start a cigar podcast. I want to invest in this thing. I think I have things I want to talk about and so on and so forth. And I've given my sage advice around what to do, what not to do. And given the times now with podcasts being on this like uprise explosion, I'm going to tell you exactly why you shouldn't do it. And I know that's going to sound really bad right now, but we'll get into it. I saw the notes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, I'll take a quick break. We'll be back at you guys in just a minute. Hang tight. You know, I'm getting to the point now, my age, my health, the fact that you know, I've become, I, I've gotten all this social anxiety that I don't even want to leave my house anymore. The thing is, like, I still want to smoke cigars at home, but I sure shit do not want to leave my home. Yeah, well, you're perpetually sick, so there's I'm a societal sick. responsibility that you have as well. I just wish there was, like, some way for me to, like, buy cigars without having to think about it. I think I have the medicine for you. Mm. My cigar pack. Curated packs come straight to your door every single month. Is it? Five pack of cigars, specially handpicked for you. And you can also subscribe to the Factory Direct program and get cigars that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, as long as it covers the Omnicom variant, I'm good. <laughs> I heard they show up in hazmat suits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to make sure that safety and protection are at top of mind. That's so good. you can visit My Cigar Pack, www.mycigarpack.com to support all their options. Again, that's www.mycigarpack.com mycigarpack.com are you ready yeah you gotta get that grill (laughs) well don't you know (laughs) oh you guys want some pork chops for dinner i don't know if that's canadian or if that's like uh northern michigan it's all the same the The closer you get to the great lakes the more that accent comes into effect i think like i know people live in buffalo that have that i think it's i think it's something toxic in the water it may be. It's like Wisconsin, Chicago. They all have that. Eh. Northern Michigan. Actually, even Central Michigan. Cleveland has a little bit of a. And then you're like up into Buffalo. It's literally everything that borders the lakes. Yeah. It's just gets like super in the Canadian. Water. Something in the water. And then if you're Canadian, it's just so thick, which I don't mind. I think it's actually kind of a cool accent. Yeah. It makes you sound dumb kind of, but it's but it's not. Yeah, for sure. It just sounds that way. And it's like, why do... Um, but it doesn't make you unintelligent. European English-speaking folks sound intelligent. It's very odd to me. Yeah, if you hear a British guy talk, yeah. and you're like, he must be a genius, and you just realize he's a fucking idiot. Yeah, exactly. But they sound so smart. Yeah, you think but they have an just, IQ of 160. You have to judge them on their teeth. <laughs> if they have bad teeth, they're uneducated. If they have good teeth, they've gone somewhere in life. I think if their teeth are bad, they're very well read. You think so? And I think if they have prettier teeth, they don't give a shit about their IQ. Oh, that could be true too, because I have seen guys on like British guys on documentaries and you're just like, holy shit, their mouth literally looks like I like an ivory can opener. Yeah. Like you could, you could just take their head on the edge of a can and just smack it down <laughs> and just turn their head. <laughs> and then boom, Chef Boardy. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into it. So I've listed out five reasons why you should not start a, uh, start a cigar podcast. Now, I'm going to provide some context, just a little bit, or some statistics, and they're very simple, but here's the reality. So when we started the podcast in 2017, there was less than 500,000 podcasts that were actually in podcast directories, mm-hmm. and specifically at that time, Apple Podcasts was the number one, but that was the number of published podcasts was actually under 500,000. Today, over an estimated 2 million. That's in five years. That's insane growth. Now, why is that important? It's important because podcasts have become a super crowded space. So, so crowded. If you think about it when, if you were to reflect back on like five years ago, off the top of your head, if you're listening to podcasts back then, you could name the biggest podcasts. Like you could name like definitively, here's the five most Here's the five largest podcasts. Some of the serial stuff that was like yeah. super big. There was like a crime podcast that was super big. You had Mark Marin, Joe Rogan, and then there was like some comedian podcasts that were like really NPR, large. For NPR like news. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that stuff. Now it's like 
they it's gotten so big that they've broken it down into so many different categories to make top lists in each category. It used to just be like you had these top lists, and mm-hmm. this is just they were all scrambled yeah. together. Now it's like top lists of comedy, top lists of this, and that continues to grow as topically things begin to expand. So you go from less than five hundred thousand to two million in, in a five year span, become a pretty crowded space. Um, so let's get into the first one. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this. I want to make another point. This is going to sound bad when I say it, but I do have a counter to the aggressively bad nature of what I'm going to say. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I know you said you wanted to be that person. We can both be that people because yeah. I already thought about this. Yeah. Now this is not meant to be discouraging. Okay. It's going to sound really discouraging, mm-hmm. but it's not meant to be discouraging. And I'll provide context as to why. What were you going to say? Uh, what I was going to say is I think the anomaly here uh, with podcasts growth in such a short period of time i think is also attributed to the nature of content online is the same way music was heavily impacted with the internet yeah for sure it became flooded with a lot of content where there wasn't a lot of great content that is true there's a lot of shitty podcasts and so (laughs) yes you may um but love you too bud Love you, you, bud. You do you, man. Um, so but, cute. But I, f- I find like it's just the nature of things that when in an o- overcrowded market, it's even that much more difficult to make a name for yourself. Um, because one, there's a lot of them out there, and two, there's a lot of bad ones out there. Yeah. And oh, so, for sure. I think the same thing happened with the music industry when MySpace and the internet came to be. Yeah, it was easy to upload. Is makes it incredibly you were, accessible. You were seeing like, you know, you're, I get like SoundCloud too. That you were was seeing real big. bands get signed by labels that had no business getting signed. Yeah, for sure. Based on like weird popularity. There has been kind of a correction in that though. There has been a correction in that for Which sure. Which you wonder if that's going to be the same way in podcasts. I think so. I think, well, and, and we'll get into that. By the way, and at the time we started this podcast, most po- actually, the if you were to start a podcast, statistically, you wouldn't make it past episode 13. That was like as far, that was the average. That was yeah. as far as it was going to go. And that yeah. really is that kind of time period of whether or not you want to continue investing in something. And a lot of it is very discouraging because you're trying to build an audience, right? Mm-hmm. Which takes a long time in podcasts because there really at the time was no good way of searching for specific podcast content unless you were on Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. which was just, I was it iTunes? I think it was just built it was into iTunes. iTunes back then. Yeah, And you would have to like almost specifically search for a certain thing and there was like no Googling what were the most relevant podcasts. There was no articles. There was no blogs. There was none of that. We were, we were associated with Kathy Griffith, Griffith on iTunes. Yeah, we were, which is very strange. It was very strange. And it's because I think she used the word hot ticket. Yeah, I think she did. And I'm like, why is Kathy Griffith? Yeah, fuck her. What happened to her? I don't know. Um, but let's get into this. Um, number one, whatever, whatever idea you have, it's likely already been done. That's the reality around, and I'm saying cigar podcast specifically. If you go into the director and you, if you look for cigar specific podcasts, there is so many now. Yeah. When we started, there was like five relevant podcasts, mm-hmm. really, and in kind of including us. Now there's probably thirty, and still small. It's real. <laughs> it's still sm- I'm, what I'm saying is like relevant podcasts. Yeah, for sure. There's some people that just put shit out there for and sure. they don't promote it, and it's just it's in the ether. So what I'm saying as far as that goes is that it's really hard to develop original content when it's already been done. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that we do is we interlace these topical ideas. We do um, we do segments like this, which are cancel this. We do uh, the overrated, underrated segments, which we're being copied on that now. I won't tell you who. But I already saw it. Okay. Um, which is a little frustrating. That's fine. Um, we do cigar reviews. So we interlace cigar reviews into what we do. Like most times, like newer brands are like hot product on the market because we like talking about cigars that we've smoked and that's been done. You have some cigar podcasts that specifically stay on track with like news related stuff or topical stuff. There's ones that are more luxury based. There's ones that are a little bit more aggressive and attacking certain things in the market. Mm -hmm. So there is a myriad of those things, but there is a lot of content that's been de- been developed around cigars. And here's the reality. There's only so much you can talk about with cigars. Yeah. I think the only one that I haven't seen is a history of cigars. But guess what? History of cigars means you run out of content. So you can't just talk about history of cigars unless you want something that's just like chapter based, right? You can only talk about so much. And then, by the way, there's books that exist for that. 
you don't need to start yeah, a podcast. Because you would end up covering decades on one episode. Yeah, you a fairly large time period, right? Yeah. You there's there's cigar books that only read for four hours. Well, if you talk about that on a podcast, I mean, you could get into the nitty gritty and get in the granular. We've talked about having a segment on the podcast that goes over like history, like very interesting stuff. And there is a lot of stuff that you can cover and we'll probably do those segments, but they're more because they're like, some stuff is like just insanely interesting and really weird and kind of obscure. Yeah. Um, But even that would be kind of a challenge, right? So there's a bunch of content that's already out there. If it's, if you thought of it, it's probably already been done. And I think the last thing in the cigar world is people don't really want to see that kind of repetition. Like if cigar podcast exists, it's covering certain topical things. Like if you're just kind of layering on what everybody else is doing, it just kind of gets lost. Do you want to, do you want to put a positive spin? Sure. Quickly. Whatever idea you have, it's like them and done. You're not original. All right. But at the same time. What makes you original is you and your personality and the entertainment value that brings. Yeah, I was going to end with that, but thank you. Oh. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I stole that thunder. (laughs) We'll get into that at the end. Um, Number two, you won't put in the time. That's just the fucking reality. Mm. I always tell people, ask questions about like starting podcasts. I'm like, understand at least the way that ours is growing. Not that everyone has to take the same path. But the amount of time that you have to invest in making this thing a reality and doing the production, doing the YouTube production, doing all the video production, doing the audio production, recording, coming up with the topics, promoting all that, it is an insane time commitment. I don't think you emphasized it enough. The promoting aspect of it is increasingly more challenging. So tough. And by the way, you're you're trying to you're trying to get people to commit through social media and other means through originality of content to click that link Mm -hmm. to get connected to your podcast, to listen to it for 10 seconds and then get hooked. You know how incredibly difficult that is. It is so insanely difficult. Yeah. It's so hard because you're biting for, you're, you're literally bidding for people's time. Whatever happened to those like job boards at like your local grocery store, like Dots Market and there's like perforated lines where you can cut it out and it's like looking for drummer. Take this yeah, piece of paper and contact paper. us. Right. Like, whatever happened to those days? Because I feel like those are probably Maybe we can do that, of, just listen to my podcast. That's probably more effective than promoting on Instagram right now. <laughs> uh, dude, maybe we should just get, like, QR code stickers and then throw them in humidors. Like, just Ooh. go to the cigar lounge and just, like, post them up. That ain't bad. And should be, like, hot ticket cigar podcast with a QR code. That's true. It's not bad. A lounge, a lounge play would be smart. That would be sweet. We'll do a tour. We should do that. <laughs> we'll do a tour. Um, yeah, but the reality is, is you're not going to put in the time. It is such a time commitment. If you really want to grow an audience base and you really want to connect with an audience and you really want to be meaningful in the space, you have to put in so much time. And I know there's people who started podcasts that ended them pretty quickly because they're like, it's too much work. It's too much time. You think about the equipment that you have to understand and you have to utilize. Like I have all this equipment. Think about how much equipment I've bought over the period of five years. It's yeah. an insane amount, like even to the fucking lighting rigs, even to the mixing board, even to the cameras, even to the digital media cards, to the fucking, even this goddamn simple headphone input output, like all this stuff you have to be able to utilize, not to mention the software. It's so time intensive. And guess what? You're not going to put in the time. It's just a reality. Number three, you won't invest in doing it right. And that kind of ties into number two. So doing it the right way is... Think about like choosing the right directory, choosing the right platform to be a part of, Mm. making sure that your audio is of high quality. Like you have to invest money and you have to invest in like actually doing the production. And there's a way to do it right. And I'm not, so we're not perfect. Like I think we're pretty good for what we have and what's available. And there's some production studios that are actually built specifically for podcasts. That's a real thing. Yeah. Stitcher has their own podcast network and they actually built a studio for their podcasters to, um, to produce in, which is fantastic. But to do it the right way is such a commitment, not only on the time, but also on the money. Like you have to invest in the right stuff. Doing it the right way means making sure that the production quality of what you do is up to snuff. Like it must be up to snuff. Yeah. I mean, there's economical ways of doing it for sure. You know, and a lot of platforms give you the ability to do that. They're like plug in a microphone into your iPhone. Yeah. 
But I'm telling you right now, people don't want to listen to poor quality. They will not. Well, it's the same as music. It don't matter how good your fucking song is. If it sounds like shit, people think it's shit. That's just the nature. I mean, we're talking about auditory, right? Right. There has to be some... Well, there's video elements too now, but you can't even really call podcasts. You just call them videos. But it is the podcast. Yeah, just in video form. But, you know... When it comes to podcasting, why some are so effective, especially when voices are very important too. But there has to be almost that AMSR quality to it, you know, that ASMR. Like it's like it's, it feels good for it to go in your ear canal, into your brain, for you to go, ooh, I like listening. Yeah, like there has to be that element to it, you know. There has to be. Even down to like someone's voice, right? You know, some voices are just terrible to listen to. That's true, and I, I, I heaven forbid, you're, you're you were born with that voice but that just it, irks if people. you think you're going to be a singer and people are going to buy tickets to watch you on stage it's probably not going to happen yeah yeah that's true it's very true you know um speaking of you just aren't that interesting to listen to oh yeah it's i'm sorry it, this is the harshest one but it's a fucking fact there's some people that aren't just not built to speak uh, you know, through podcasts, on video, through any source of audio, either that's the way that you talk or you just aren't interesting enough to listen to. Now, one of the things, at least I take a little bit of pride in between you and I, is that a lot of people give us feedback and like the chemistry between you and your brother is awesome. And we always accredit to that fact we've known each other our entire lives. Part of it too is, is that we know how to speak and volley off of one another, keep mm-hmm. the conversation going, keep the dialogue going, try to really get ingrained into the discussion. Where there's other people and you listen to podcasts, and this is not just in the cigar community, although there are some, but just across the board. They're impossible to listen to. They don't. They don't have that chemistry. They don't have that. Um, it's hard to like get excited or create a connection with them. You listen to what they're talking about, and you just. It's not even the content. Sometimes, sometimes it's just the delivery. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. the timing, and it's just like you aren't interesting to listen to. You don't have anything really important to say. Hey. The content could be part of it. Yep. The context could be part of it. But sometimes you're just unbearable to listen to. You're boring. I think. I think the the nature of what a band is 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 applicable even in this nature. It's like it's like you you know, you have someone who's maybe gifted at guitar, one's gifted at drums and one vocals and bass and all that stuff. But if one of you is like into jazz and that's all you want to play and you're into heavy metal, you know, like that that don't work in a band dynamic. Right. So you almost have to like, if you are not going to solo a podcast, you got to find someone who works really well with the direction and vision that you have for the show. Because if not, it's a, it'll, it'll continually be a huge point of contention. Contention. Everybody will pick up on it because we're not dumb as a species of animal. Like we can tell when people are in a heightened state of uncomfortableness yeah, and awkwardness we like we pick up on it <laughs> it is interesting it's like i've talked to people before who want to start a podcast and they're and 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 maybe maybe the thought process and maybe there's a comfortability a comfortability and some people talking behind a microphone and not maybe in front of a camera sure. where it's like i feel like i have a lot to say but i'm somewhat introverted i actually admire people who start podcasts that are more introverted because i think only from a mental perspective it helps them get out of a comfort zone mm-hmm. and probably teaches them a lot in terms of like how to speak and because and here's the worst thing about podcasts is listening to your podcast listening to your own podcast i got to do it every fucking week i got to produce this shit not only for the podcast platforms but also the videos i gotta listen to shit twice yeah (laughs) and and then when it hits the directories i have to go through it to make sure all the audio sync to the directories correctly so like three times it's unbearable like I don't want to listen to my own voice. I want to produce a podcast. I want to move the fuck on, and I don't have a choice. You I got to keep listening. You to can't it. Johnny Depp it. Where they were like, "Have oh, you ever seen your own?" No, they asked no. him, "Has he ever seen any of his movies?" He's like, "I've never watched any of my movies." Yeah, good for him though. I wouldn't want to either. It's just he like says a it comedian. makes him feel awkward. Yeah, it's like a comedian's like, "Hey, did you like you know? Did you watch your own special?" And like outside of editing, every one of them's like, "No, I can't bear to watch." Them. I mean, then that's kind of what it's like. Um, so just understand. That if you're gonna cigar, if you're gonna start a cigar podcast, that you better be fucking interesting, interesting to listen to. It's the only way you're gonna grow an audience. Because if you're boring, if there's awkward pauses and things, topically, if things are disjointed and disconnected, no one's gonna want to listen to you. 
And as quickly as they've listened to, I'm telling you, you'll lose people in 10 seconds. 10 sec, 10, you get like 10 fucking seconds to make a good impression whether or not people are going to keep going through that content. Yeah. You get about 10 seconds and then they're going to make a decision. Do I keep going or do I stop? Like, so you got to make a good impression up like front. speed dating. It's interesting, dude. People's attention spans are just so, here's the thing. Most podcasts are an hour long, roughly, sometimes more. Mm-hmm. That's an hour of someone's time a day that they're dedicating to listening to. You better be interesting. There's so many podcasts out there to listen to. So if you're going to start a cigar podcast, you better have your shit together. You better not be a boring motherfucker. And here's the thing about cigar smokers. Most of you are fucking boring. Not all of you, but a lot of you are fucking boring. I love you. Because cigars are a nerdy thing and nerds are boring. I love you though. (laughs) I love you all too. You're fucking great. I'm just saying. All right. The last one. Even if you build it, they may not come. This is not Field of Dreams. This is not Field of Dreams. You are not going to put a podcast on the directory, especially these days, and an audience is just magically going to grow. So this is kind of an all-encompassing thing. This really hits on each one of the four that we talked about before. It's putting in the time. It's being interesting. It's doing it the correct way. It's buying the right stuff, and it's promoting yourself. Like you, the, the recipe for success is there, but it's up to you to follow the recipe and to bake the fucking cake. Well, I think the biggest thing is is you have the ingredients. You could you have the potential ingredients. You have but, the ingredients, but you don't right. have the recipe because at, I think the biggest challenge that some people face. I think some people just fall into natural success. Maybe they're just interesting. They have the a perfect idea for something, and they're the perfect fit for it. But a lot of the times, it's trial and error. Like when you think oh, of God, things, yeah. when you think of things entrepreneurially, your first idea ain't the best idea, man. I'm gonna be real with you. It may seem like it. You may be gung-ho and fixated on it, but it's never the best idea. And you end up finding out from potential customers and smart people as well around you that help shape and inform you to make changes where you notice things begin to fail and start trying other things in other areas. So it's it's a yeah. lot of trial and error. Yeah, think about how much our podcast has evolved over five years. Yeah. All the different things that we've done, we've done logo changes. We've done concept and uh, segment changes. We've upgraded equipment a hundred fucking times. We started producing video for YouTube. Like we made all these fucking changes in what we're doing. To a website. Try to really, exactly, a website to evolve what we're doing in the space. And then you've got an even more critical component, and that is how you promote yourself, which is predominantly done most podcasts on social media. Mm-hmm. So then you have the social media aspect that you have to keep up with and promote. There's so much that you have to invest into. You can't just put a podcast out there and just, this cannot be your strategy. Praying and hoping and dreaming is not a strategy for success in a podcast. It's just not a reality. So even if you build it, they likely ain't going to come. You've got to put in the effort. Mm-hmm. You have to put in a ton of effort if you really want to drive success. Now, that all sounds kind of harsh. And maybe that seems a bit discouraging. I actually thought in my head I was going to make it more discouraging, but here's the reality. And here's what I'm going to say. If you're going to start a cigar podcast, there's ways to do it the right. I mean, there's, you can do it the right way Mm -hmm. and it all comes down to your willingness to do it the way that it needs to be done. Even if your intention is not to grow the biggest audience, even if it's just I have something interesting I want to talk about and I kind of want to put it out there. That's kind of how we started. It's like we have these ideas and we have these thoughts. We love cigars. Mm. Let's start Let's start a cigar podcast. Mm. And then it continued to evolve. We continued investing in it. We continued getting better. We continued refining what we are doing. So if you have something you feel is interesting to talk about, I don't want to discourage anyone from doing it. I'm just letting you know how difficult the process is. You said something profound. Hmm. And I'll, I'll try to put it in clear, concise message for the listening audience in this. I guess it's a 50 millimeter lens. Yeah. Um, motivation is everything too. Because if you're going into this as a numbers game, if you're going into this to make some side dollar. Ain't happening. Eesh. There's no money in it, guys. We've done it for five fucking years and I'm telling you, it doesn't pay bills. And yeah, without selling our soul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Without selling your fucking soul. That's it's like, that's about it. We, we've <laughs> definitely declined more opportunities for sponsorships than we've gained. I promise you. So I don't know. So you gotta be, you gotta be in the right headspace for it. You gotta do it cause you love it. 
not because it's a numbers game. Yep. Um, not because you think you're going to make money off it. Because in this industry, it is brutal. Well, think about this. You know, we've said there's no money in cigars. We've talked about this with numerous guests. Like if you try to start a cigar brand to get rich, you're gonna, you're never going to get rich. Think about how hard that is when you're not selling a cigar and you're only talking about it. No shit. It's impossible. There's no, no one that does a cigar podcast that's getting rich from it. No. There's a single fucking Well, soul. just ask them. What do you do minus half? What, do you, what do you do full time? Yeah, minus. Well, half has a site, you know. Yeah, they, but. They, they do. I and, mean, yeah. and, and minus Cigar Aficionado. Can you really point to any other ones who aren't retailers that don't have some side gig? Yeah. Or like yeah, a primary sure. source of income? Most of them have something else that they're doing full time and it's a passion play where they probably get some extra scratch on the side for sure through advertisements. Oh, and yo, other. you can make money. You can yeah, make it. You can make money. It's just not going to pay. It's not going to pay all your bills. I think that's a bit relative when I say make money because what's making money to you look like versus me. Yeah, for sure. Me making money is a couple of dollars for a happy meal. Yeah. You making money could be like, I'm going to retire. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you're trying to convince a brand, so the cigar industry is old and, oh. av- and advertising yeah. in the cigar industry is old, yeah. right? It's all publication based. It's all through websites. Like <laughs> I'm surprised there's even advertising on the websites. You want to try to convince someone to fucking sponsor your goddamn what? podcast? It is so fucking hard. <laughs> Dude, I didn't even think about it. It's still like the band. Think about this. I I'm not calling out any I'm not gonna call out any brands, but I think it's I think it's funny to bring it up. I think you should, and I think it's worth mentioning. Dude, being in a media based organization in the cigar industry is like being in a band. You come out here and you perform all the time, right? And you're hoping that someone pays you for ticket sales at the door or whatever. But at the end of that day, when you're like, okay, I want to get paid for doing what I promised i would do that that organization that venue aka cigar brands go well you know what we could pay you but how about we give you some cigars instead oh god that's the worst i didn't even think about that <laughs> let's give you some go- some cigars instead and you're like but i don't want cigars i want money I, yeah. I, I have to buy stuff i can't yeah. Just sell the cigars. I've got plenty of cigars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, thank you, but no thank you. That's majority of what happens is that someone just wants to give you free cigars. And I'm like, I don't need more cigar. I already, like I've told, I've told brands, I get free cigars already. I rarely pay for cigars unless it's something I really want that I can't get elsewhere. Yeah. Rarely do I pay for a cigar. Rarely. Most of them are given to us because people want you to review their cigars. People are, you know, if we have certain guests on and appreciation for this, they'll do giveaway products and things like that. I don't need more free cigars. Like this is a monetary play. And for them, they look at it and say, okay, well, my cigar is worth something. So that something is something I want to pay you for. However, their cost to produce is much lower, but the value they put on the cigar at an MSRP is much higher. So their whole thought process is I'll pay you what you want in cigars because it costs them less and they think that you're they're giving you some sort of value out of it. But for most people, there isn't any value. If you like if you want me to review your cigars, you're going to send me your cigars. Like if you want if you want this thing to be broadcast on our podcast, you're going to provide it. And don't get me wrong. Rarely as a matter of fact, a lot of cigars we review, we pay for. Yeah. It's in most circumstances, we're paying for them. And in a lot of circumstances, we're not, but in most, we are. And very grateful when they're gifted. Of course. Very Of course grateful. we are. Of course. And, and and I, and you know this as well as I do, I even like taking it further is like, if we get an abundance of cigars, do I do giveaways. giveaways. I fucking love doing do giveaways. giveaways. I'm not going to fucking hoard the shit and smoke it myself. I'd much rather people get exposed to these great brands that we get to interface that's with so and just put it out that's there. Like, that's like, that's <laughs> like... It's like they're like, well, we want to give you a bunch of cigars as payment. And you're like, fuck, but my humor is full. That's literally what I came up against. And I'm like, I just, I don't want any more. I can't smoke. I can't smoke it's that. Like, I, don't want I, 20 of, I don't want 20 of your cigars. I'm not going to smoke all of them. I have, I have a ton of other shit I have to smoke. I got reviews that I got to do. I like variety and I want 20 of your cigars. Anyway, so to go back to it, that is a certain, that is an inherent challenge of the podcast medium specifically as it surrounds cigars is that most organizations that are cigar related aren't willing to pay you for what you advertise and sponsor some are 
We've some got are. some good sponsors. Some are not. Yeah. It just, it happens. Anyway, again, some of this sounds discouraging. If you have a great idea, if you have a great concept, if you are great to listen to, and most people think that they're great to listen to until someone else hears them and goes, you're not, you're not great list to listen to. Mm-hmm. You're boring as shit. Um, do it. Just do it the right way. Do it the right. Don't grab your iPhone and plug in a microphone and start recording. Really do it the right way. Think about the content that you want to provide. Think about what you want to talk about. Be unique in your approach. Do right things right, and you can start a successful cigar podcast. Now, you're going to be behind the eight ball a little bit. We're going to take you. There's some very, I mean, there's some cigar podcasts that have been around for a while. They've been kind of deep-seated in the industry, and we can name them. You name the most popular ones. You're going up against the mind share of the people who are listening to those podcasts. Mm -hmm. So you get to work extra hard because it's already been done. But if you feel like you have what it takes to do it, by all means, do it. And if you have any questions, there's not a better person to talk to. You could literally hit me up anywhere, bounce ideas up. Hey, what equipment do you use? I can't tell you how many times I've told people, here's what we use. Here's how we do it. And here's how we produce and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I'm going to end it with that. Time's running out. Appreciate everybody listening to this. I really wanted to get this one out there. I'm sure some people are going to be like, what the fuck? Maybe ruin some dreams. That's okay. Just hitting you with the dose of reality. But anyway, that will conclude episode 240. We'll be back at you in two weeks because I'm out next week with episode 241. See everyone. And start a podcast. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Let me tell you how you can get a hold of us. You can get a hold of myself at the hot ticket pod on Instagram. You can get a hold of Chris at hot ticket Chris on Instagram as well. You can find this podcast. It is available all over the place. You can find it on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. And you can find the podcast available on video on YouTube. Look up the Hot Ticket Weekly on YouTube and you can watch all the fun happen before your eyes. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode. And as always, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes if you could. And check out our show sponsor, My Cigar Pack at www.mycigarpack.com. Again, thanks for listening. We'll be back at you next week.